Back in March, England's community forests joined up with the outdoor arts organisation Wild Rumpus to launch a series of broadcasts called Your Forest. These celebrated trees, woodlands, parks and forests in and around this area and across England. And this project's been financed by the Audio Content Fund. Radio Verilum was part of a network of 10 stations across the country brought together especially for this series. And if you remember, those broadcasts on local life looked at themes such as the health and well-being benefits of spending time in nature, the kind of wildlife you might be able to spot in your local park or woodland, and some of the amazing planting projects taking place. The aim of the series was to make it easier for everyone to access wooded areas. By the way, if you missed any of the earlier pieces, uh, or if you want to hear them again, they're all still available on the podcast page of the Radio Verlum website, radioverlum.com, in the series Environment Matters. The project also invited you to go to your local wood or park and record a minute of sounds on your phone. And from the recording sent in so far, Wild Rumpus have created a sound map where you can listen to sounds from this area as well as others around the country. Now, though Hartwood Forest in Sandridge is the largest woodland area in this district, there are, of course, many other places where you can find trees and wildlife. Well, now three UK artists have created songs and poems inspired by the project and by the recordings that were sent in. And first up in today's programme, it's author Nicola Davies. And Nicola's written more than 60 books for children, fiction, non-fiction and poetry, many of which have been translated and published in more than 10 different languages. Well, here she is talking about her response to the Your Forest project and reading two poems that she wrote especially for us. Much of my writing, it's been making art out of the real world. So this was something that something that I do, something that I'm very close to. But I loved it that it was something British, because very often I'm writing about species that are far away, uh, about habitats and people who live in other countries. So it was lovely to write something about the nature that should be accessible, that could be accessible to everybody in the UK. I'm so aware that it's very easy not to look and not to listen, even when you are surrounded by the most wonderful things. That process of stopping, listening, looking, and what that actually does to your head and your heart and your level and depth of experience, you could sort of hear it happening to the people who are standing there with their phones. You know, you could sort of hear them thinking, oh, well, oh, I didn't know that was going on because they were concentrating for that little snippet of time so, so intensely. So that was really, really lovely, that sense of all these people standing for a moment and really paying attention to a place that they already knew, already loved, was already familiar to them, but perhaps in that moment hearing something that they'd never heard before. Three, two, one, record. It's early afternoon in Eastham Country Park. Not a great deal going on. Wind blowing on the mic, the low hum of machinery, and then a bee buzzes, furrily endearing, and my heart turns. In Birkenhead, the world's first public park, there's drizzle on the lake, a sound you'd never listen for, but it makes me feel that I've been told a secret. At Vicar Water Country Park, 
Mallard makes soft quacks, like grannies counting pearls and planes. A coot announces something alarming, but the sparrows, ever optimistic, chatter on. At Bramcote, Nottingham, the chiffchaffs have arrived already and a wood pigeon coos so you can hear how plump it is. Not far off, round at Bestwood, is a singing thrush. I shake my head. How common that used to be. Bats click in Bedminster like percussive snooker balls diving in the dusk over Dame Emily Park. I'm told there are kingfishers at Snuff Mills, though all I heard was passing jackdaws. There are recurring themes. Robins, wrens, blackbirds, almost everywhere, blithely singing on above our human racket. Also Canada's honking in a lot of places. I wouldn't call them peaceful, but they add a breath of wild somehow. And battles. Battles fought and won and lost. In Radlett, Scrubbitswood was saved by its supporters from morphing into housing. In Langley Wood, St Albans, volunteers have planted half a million trees. But the citizens of Stockport will be robbed of birdsong when a bypass covers Vernon Park. The blackbirds and the robins there will be just digital. Behind the birdsong, the wind noise, the traffic and the falling rain, I hear something else. The deepening breath, the slowing heartbeat of people taking what they truly need, restored by nature. Not the kind you see on telly, but the nature that we live amongst, that given just the smallest help, adapts, accommodates, and flourishes. I looked at the map and I systematically went through all the recordings that were marked on the map. And then I looked up something about each of those places. I then listened to the radio programs and the, the interviews. And that was, that was really wonderful. There were lots of things that came out of that. I mean, the poem that I wrote for Maya Rose, Maya Rose actually said, we need to look further back in time. We need to aspire to a baseline of nature in the UK that isn't just 20 years ago, but is 50 years ago, is 60 years ago, is 200 years ago. And the possibility of regaining all those things that we've lost. So there were many voices in those radio programs that directly influenced what I wrote New Normal for Maya Rose Craig. In 1920, my dad chased lapwing chicks across the common. In the spring of 1940, he fired his Lee Enfield into the woods to make the nightingales shut up. I didn't miss the nightingales I'd never heard or wonder why I'd never seen a lapwing chick. The same way my kids don't know that you couldn't leave a window open and a light on in the 60s, because the room would fill with moths. Every year's a new, denuded normal, a slow shutdown of life with expectations lowered, 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 until all we see is our own feet on the concrete pavement. We need to long 
for what we've never known. For corncrakes in the crook of every field, for woods that we get lost in, for sudden clearings crammed with flowers, for swallows jostling for space on wires, for wolf voices shivering the night, for bears turning out the dustbins, for flocks of, clouds of, herds of, for nature abundant and strong and all around. So I'll tell you, about the dawn chorus, so loud it woke me. The green bush crickets landing on my bedroom wall. The butterflies that flew in clouds from bushes on suburban railway sidings. And the flock of curlew that made a storm of joy so great inside my heart, I thought I'd break. I'll tell you about the beauty that clothed and populated every day. So together we will feel the longing and the loss because that's the start. In the Mersey Forest, there is a, a supportive group of photographers that helps men who've had mental health problems. And the speaker was talking about how the atmosphere of this group changed over time and how not only did they start noticing things more keenly in the natural world, but they also started noticing things in each other. So I, that for me was just a, you know, a wonderful example of the empathy that being in nature builds, not just to birds and trees and wildlife, but actually to other human beings. The Photographers of Mersey Forest we met every week and wandered round the woods for an afternoon. Our fingers on the cameras were like sausages and all we saw was nothing. Trees, grass, a green blur, a tangle. What was there to photograph anyway? Who were we trying to kid? None of us could say why we kept at it. But something in us all just knew knew the blur and tangle was inside us. And one day we'd see past it, to ash twigs and birch bark, to the holiness of dappled light and wet leaves shine, to slanting shadows and the open beaks of wrens. We learned to look through all our different lenses, to see the details and the patterns to find their meaning and to share the blurs and tangles of our lives. The COVID pandemic has given us all a reminder that everything is connected. So I think there's been a, a real and I hope lasting and fundamental realignment of priorities. And, and what I hope that does and what I hope this project will help to do is to give people the courage to speak up for their right to be in nature. If that isn't available to some people because of the deprivation of the areas that they live in, then we really need to change that. And all of us need to speak up and make sure that that changes in future.
Well, that was Nicola Davies, author and poet, talking about her response to the Your Forest Project 